When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! It's up! Another mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley Sal, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. It's my fault. It's my fault that we're late. Monday night, we were supposed to record. I hit up Brad. I said, look, man, I'm tired. I don't want to do it. Tuesday, came down with food poisoning and had to cancel again. So it's all my fault, Brad. I'm sorry. Well, you know, hopefully you feel a little better, you know? I mean, it, it's, what I tell you, what I text you, it's a perfect start to a diet. It is. And that's what I feel like is the greatest silver <laughs> lining here is, yes, it's not the healthiest way. It's probably not the most constructive way to start a diet, but that is how my diet has started. We finally, like, ripped the Band-Aid off. But it was brutal. I'd never had food poisoning before. I've always heard people talk about it. I never had it. Have you? I, you know what? I probably have had it. I just didn't know it was didn't food know. poisoning. I had okay. something here recently that was, um, I mean, it was the oh, bugs going brutal. around. Yeah, Did you get the bug, the stomach bug. I got, I think I got the bug, yeah. man. I got a couple Remember a couple weeks ago. I, I called you. Boy, I think we had to cancel on the pods. Dude. I was like laying on my back for two days, but it is what it is. Life has taken us out. I'm sorry. It's my fault this week that we're late, but we're here for another mailbag edition of talk of champions. Got a lot to cover, some 60 questions, I think it was. But before we get to it, Ole Miss baseball this weekend, Kentucky, after getting swept by Tennessee, beat North Alabama. I think it was North Alabama on Tuesday. Memphis game got canceled. It will not be remade, or it won't be rescheduled. It won't be made up. And then this weekend is Kentucky. What do you think about Ole Miss baseball? A lot of people are upset right now. Are you? Um, Man, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I was not expecting that. Um. You know, just kind of got outclassed all the way around. I mean, there's no another way to put it. I was trying to look like, hey, were, were we close here? Were we close there? No. It, I mean, it wasn't even – we weren't even on the same atmosphere as um, – we're on the same level as, as Tennessee. And I just say this what it is. I don't know if Tennessee's just that good. Um, I mean, anytime you got three starters throwing, you know, 95-plus, 
um, with the lineup, you know, everybody's batting the way they're batting. Um, you know, maybe we're just not on Tennessee's level, but, um, yeah, I'd certainly expected something a little more, a little more out of us, um, you know, this weekend, I'm just like everybody else. Now it's kind of like, eh, man, maybe we, maybe we got exposed a little bit there. So, um, we certainly did not look like the number one team in the nation. Um, you know, I went to, went to both games and, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, look, we look like a, a small school playing at SEC school. So, um, we hopefully we'll bounce back. Um, you know, I just, I just think that this is going to be the theme all year though. I just don't think, you know, I think, I think the pitch is going to, going to be an issue and, um, you know, we're just going to out hit everybody. Then we face really good pitching, you know, we're going to manufacture runs. It just doesn't, didn't like we were able to do that this weekend. So we'll see long season though. I mean, really, if we can get in the playoffs or get in the postseason, it, it really takes five wins, but, um, okay. You know, okay. Okay. Hopefully. Look, you've been overwhelmingly positive for weeks. You've been drinking the Kool-Aid for weeks. I didn't I watch a pitch this weekend. I didn't. I had a lot of stuff going on personally. Didn't get to watch a game this weekend. I wasn't covering them. Jake did for the Old Miss Spirit. OldMissSpirit.com and Philadelphia.com. So I ask you, from somebody that did not, did not watch one pitch this weekend, knowing how high you are on Ole Miss baseball, have you kind of cooled on Ole Miss baseball? Has that you know Kool-Aid what? started to taste a little sour? Oh, I don't even have the Kool-Aid anymore. I, threw it. I told you oh, I beer boy. showered on the I beer shouted on the way out, dude. That's um, so you know it almost feels like you know those years whenever I mean we're not you ever been on a well, you've never been on a good football team, but wow, um, yeah, you play. Excuse me, sir. <laughs> Excuse me. My eleventh grade year, New Albany High School was nine and three, a win away from North Half. Thank you very much. Well, okay, so when you guys were, you know, you know, you start the season, the set schedule is kind of soft and. You get out to four and zero or five and zero, and then you look up in the year and you're like six and five, something like that. You're like, man, but those first four games, you're like, man, we're really good. You kind of get this false sense. So pretty of, much um, every season under David Cutcliffe. Yeah, something like that. Finished you know, seven I mean, and five I, in, 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 in the listen, Independence Bowl. I think, we're, I think we're a talented team. I just don't. I mean, our pitching, man. I mean, this they got they just got clobbered. Um, maybe Tennessee's that good though. That's what we'll see coming up. You know that how how do we respond on some SEC series coming up? But man, Tennessee is is either a minor league team or we just I don't know. I don't. I mean, I like everybody else. I'm confused by it really. Um, I mean, we did we got pounded. Well, I saw where my buddy Jake Thompson, who writes with me at the Ole Miss Spirit, and my buddy Chase Parm kind of wrote about this, about changing the weekend rotation. And Mike, when they asked him about it, spoke of potentially using openers. You know how significant that is for Mike Bianco, the most traditional of baseball managers, oh. to be speaking of potentially using openers. It doesn't matter, though. You don't, think, you don't think they have openers? You don't think they have like middle relief guys that could start for two, three innings and make up for the innings that no. they're not getting from their starters at all? No, because when okay. it comes to crunch time and you're facing a team like Tennessee, it it ain't going to matter who you roll out there. We that They proved it this weekend. I mean, everybody that got thrown out there pretty much got binged. I mean, they got they got smoked. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just – I don't know. I'm, I'm Debbie Downer, dude. Don't let, don't, don't let me – if you're a big old business, don't let me Debbie down you. But So what um, you're saying, if I said to you, Brad, you got to make that pick again. Is Ole Miss going to Omaha? You went from emphatically saying yes to now saying what? Uh, I don't know, man. That's a good response. Uh, give, no, no, that's me, a, that's good enough. Just more, going, oh, it's good enough. That's a good enough response. Give me a couple more weekends. Give me a couple more weekends. Right now, right now, I'm, I'm just you're falling off. You're falling off the wagon. Oh, yep. oh man, I'm just trying, trying to temper my expectations. So. Is Kentucky um, any good? Know. We'll Is see. Kentucky? I don't know. 
Is Kentucky good? They beat Georgia. Georgia's a okay team. Okay. They beat Georgia this weekend. So I mean they're they're got about the same record as us. So um, you know, I don't I don't know. I mean, we'll we'll see. It's we'll see the next time we hear you like this. You were so excited. I know, man. Tennessee, Tennessee stole all our soul. Hell, Tennessee stole the whole the whole stadium soul. I mean, that was that was the most people I've ever seen quiet <laughs> after that second inning. Um, it wasn't really, competitive, could, even when it was four to three on Sunday. It wasn't competitive. I didn't watch a pitch. Okay, I didn't right. watch one, but I followed along on Twitter and uh, on the message board stuff like that. And not till Hayden Dunhurst, I think it was, hit the three run bomb in the eighth, maybe the seventh on Sunday. No game was close. Nothing about that series was close. It was not competitive. My, I think that's the most dispiriting thing to people. This is why this is why I'm so so in the dumps about it. I told my wife, you know, as soon as I saw that series on schedule, I said, You're giving me two nights. I said, Me and you are going on two date nights. She doesn't really care. To the ballpark. I said, We are going to two date nights to the ballpark. Sit her both nights. Like, I gotta see this series. You know, we got a big time Tennessee team. Ole Miss is a good team. This is gonna be the best series of the year. And we're sitting there, man, you get to the stadium, Gaddis strikes out the first three, boom. I'm like, all right, here we go. Talking a little smack, hitting a few Ric Flair's in the stands. Got it, got a little Diet Coke on on, on site, feeling good. And something Dude. in that Diet Coke, a little something. <laughs> Dude, and by the time the end of the second inning, I was leaning back in my chair and I was like, should we really waste money on the babysitter tonight? Let's get out of here and go. We'll, we'll just we'll, we'll schedule her again tomorrow. We can only pay her for an hour tonight, so <laughs> – uh, and then you came I mean, back and the same thing happened. I came back the second night. I'm like, all right, just a bad night, you know, fired up, walking up the stairs. That's Here we so go. sad. That is so sad. It, it's, pay, it's payback time. Boom. They, they score a two spot right there in the first inning. You can just feel the, oh. Think about that, man. You've been looking forward to that for so long. And this was going to be the realization of one of the greatest experiences you've had in a long time sports-wise. And you set up a babysitter. You carved out time. You took your wife on a date night to the ballpark. And what did they do? They shit on your dreams. If that doesn't perfectly encapsulate Ole Miss sports, I don't know what does. Well, dude, check this out. It gets even crazier. So midweek, I I got a buddy of mine that texted me and said, hey, dude. You want my Diamond Club tickets for the weekend? I said, "Oh, yeah, <laughs> hand them over, man!" Like for the everything you've been looking forward to for so long. Everything, I know everything was lined up to be the greatest weekend. I mean, I was ready to just talk <laughs> smack, have a good time. You know, Tennessee fans—you know—they're always the funnest to play in every sport because um, they take know, themselves so big. seriously to Tennessee fans. Uh, so serious, dude. Well, the yeah, ones in yeah. my experience—I don't know. Every one of them probably doesn't do that, but in my experience. So Friday night game, we're walking up to the stadium. There's this guy, there's a Tennessee fan. He's walking, he's got a huge cigar. I told my wife, I said, watch this. Wait a I second, walk, hold on, hold on, time out. You can't have a cigar in the stadium or around the stadium. He's walking up to the stadium, smoking a cigar. Oh, I, he should I, have been taken to jail. Walked by, I was like, yeah, buddy, you already got the victory cigar? Good luck. Um, He did. Uh, he, he I'm glad you. I didn't see him. I wonder if I'm he glad. thought about you later. Think about it. Yeah. You probably he, had, he probably went in thinking, I hate that guy. Who, who does that guy think he is? And then later, as this is happening, he's probably thinking, I wonder where that guy is right now. He's getting his. And you, you know what? He you were getting you were getting yours. You were having yeah, to guy, eat his his anger. <laughs> that guy's at home in the fourth inning, relieving his babysitter, watching the rest on the couch. Yeah. Devastated dude, so. because you've been building your whole year to this one weekend. And what did they do? Yeah. That's the most oldest thing ever. The most uh, oldest well, thing ever. Walking into the stadium with the chest out, like, yeah, buddy. Got glad glad you already got your victory. You're about to get it served up, buddy. You're about to get dealt with. I love this cigar guy for Tennessee. 
gets a little bit of payback, even though you didn't get to experience, you know, he thought to himself, yeah, eat that random guy who hurt my feelings coming into the stadium. <laughs> random giant guy who's trying to pick on a little guy smoking a cigar. Yeah. How's this cigar yeah. taste, son? Yeah. All it's right. 10 to nothing. The fourth inning. What's up? <laughs> it was never competitive. All right. We got to open the mailbag. This is talk of champions. BNA Bank is celebrating 125 years of local banking. For generations, BNA Bank has been a stable fixture in Northeast Mississippi, supporting and investing in our local small businesses, local schools, local community events, local charities, and so much more. At BNA Bank, we believe in our local communities, businesses, and organizations because we are a local business, too. Thank you for choosing to bank local with BNA Bank. You've got mail. Special mail for you. This is a letter to Hollywood saying, keep it up. Movies are great. Open up the Talk of Champions mailbag, sponsored by Thomas Chandler. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already, subscribe, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say as long as it's five stars. I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omisspirit.com, and affiliate of on3.com. We're going to start at the Ole Miss Spirit message board, Brandon Reb, 1848. Will we go after a linebacker? Once spring practices conclude, we seem a little light there. Also, do you have any update on Jaden Rashada? A lot of updates on Jaden Rashada on the Ole Miss spirit. I think Ole Miss is in the driver's seat for him. But as far as seeking out a potential linebacker addition, I think that will be higher on the priority list than maybe uh, Edge that was initially high until they landed Kari Coleman and um, Jared Ivey because uh, the Mathis kid from TCU is still out there, but they're not really recruiting him anymore. So I think linebacker after cornerback, if they address that, um, and I think they would like to add another offensive lineman if they can. They're talking to some kid, I think at ULL. Uh, memory, the name escapes me. Name escapes me right now. But um, I think those there are other positions that have higher priority than linebacker right now. But I do think they'll add a linebacker at some point. CPC zero seven twenty. Did either of you attend the football practice on Saturday, or have other intel? I didn't go. Did I, you go? I did, I did not. I'm ashamed so, of you. You so. said you were going to go, or at least you would think about it. I know, man. Well, I, I went out Friday. I was in a bad mood. Got up Saturday. It was like, all right, here we go. Here we go. New day. Didn't have time to think about football. It was almost baseball. We were, we were about to get a, get that series to one and one. Um, didn't happen, man. Didn't, and how about this? Dude? I even sat in a firework tent this weekend. Wait, what's the firework tent? Yeah, out there in right field. What is the firework tent? I don't know what that is. Oh, the tent that looks like the firework stand. <laughs> Yeah, where we sling fireworks behind the thing. It's actually it actually was awesome. Not gonna lie, they what what, they you, what can you do out there, dude? They got food. They got a you know drinks. Got nice seats. It's actually a great seat. If they would move a structure, a big, a good looking structure out there in right field with a student section below and like a nice like club seat above it, closer to the field, that would be the seat in the house, man. It is. It's cool. It's just a little far away, but. As far as the game day experience, that's a cool idea. I mean, I'm all for go ahead and putting some some sweets and outfield sweets. So you hearing anything football intel wise that you can share? Asked around at all? Uh, we need more receivers. That's Ooh. what uh, that's what I'm hearing. So 
Um, that's coming from someone from within. So just, you know, need to keep adding to the receiver room. So I don't know. I don't know if maybe some of the, the other guys weren't out there or what, but sounds like we need to add, add a receiver too. Malik Heath is coming. He's already committed. He's coming in June. And so is Deion Smith from LSU. At least that's still the plan right now. He's not going through spring practices at LSU, though he's enrolled at LSU as Deion Smith. So that should tell you everything. As long as he gets academically sure enrolled at LSU. Are you 100% sure he's actually enrolled yes. at LSU? Yes. Well, okay. 100% now I'm not. Now I'm questioning everything. 100%? I don't know. We should, dig. we should dig where he's actually enrolled this last semester. I was pretty confident until now. When you made me have to kind of put a numerical value on it, uh, I don't know, man. I'm pretty pretty know. confident. The people that I trust told me that, so I think so. Now you got me all I confused. Know. I don't know. T underscore Bird three twenty five. Ben, what are you and Brad's personal favorite podcast to listen to, if any? I don't listen to podcasts anymore. What about you? Yeah, I don't listen to um, a whole lot of podcasts. Um, but yeah, I, I just don't know if I have the time to sit down and, and listen for that long. I will listen to like some, you know, like some different videos and stuff like that. Yeah, be of, careful. Of well, you're on a podcast. You've co-host a podcast now. You've been doing yeah, it for this, a long time. Don't dog podcasts. No, I don't dog it. I just don't have the time to sit there and listen to it. You know what I mean? Like, like do, when, when do you have an hour and a half of the day just to sit there and listen to the pod? Well, it depends on what you don't. do as a job. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, it, or maybe it's something you drive. listen to like, or when you're in the gym. You prefer podcast to music. Yeah, I, okay. I could see that. I, okay. I just never have that. I never have that window because it's either a crying kid or a, a, a job, something to go on with my job that where I can't sit and listen to. But I have to talk to people, you know. I used to listen to them all the time, but then I just – a lot of fantasy football podcasts, but I didn't want to get made fun of by Brad. But now that I've said it, I really don't care. October Reb, does Keith Carter have the strength to make a coaching change in baseball if we don't go to Omaha? The short answer is yes. Brandon Reb, 1848. Oh, he bumped something up. DC Reb, 1024. What is the, quote, lost momentum on Arch we keep hearing about for Ole Miss? I just think that other schools are ahead right now. They've just pulled out. I don't think it's necessarily anything Ole Miss has done. I would agree there, man. I just don't – I don't know. I don't think any of us actually know, but I just know that I've I've asked some people on staff that – not on our staff in particular, but I know some guys that work on staffs that are recruiting him. And they all seem to seem to thank Texas. Like, I don't know what it is, but every guy's like, oh, yeah, he's he seems like he's going to Texas. So I don't know. Maybe he's close with Sark. I mean, I think he's visited there three or four times. I don't know. I mean, that's I think it's odd that that coaches on staffs that are recruiting are saying, hey, it seems like Texas is the is his favorite. So I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong there. I'm not I'm not saying I have super inside knowledge, but I do know guys that are recruiting him from multiple staffs. And they don't um, don't seem very confident either. No one knows for sure. I mean, I think that goes without saying. But the old adage in recruiting is follow the visits, and it feels like other schools outside of Ole Miss. And yes, he, there is that familiarity with Ole Miss. But once you start getting to decision time, there are things. Even though he knows everything about Ole Miss, um, as far as the big picture stuff, Lane Kiffin's Ole Miss, and would he be in day to day? He doesn't know all that stuff, and he's still not showing up like he is at other places. So when you have to follow the visits, at least the visits look like, yes, that's where the momentum is. Now, could he swerve and then suddenly say, well, Ole Miss is my favorite. I'm going to Ole Miss. Of course he could. It just, in recruiting, actions speak louder than words because the kids are always going to say with words what they think every school wants them to say. Love Oxford. Since he could impact Matt Corral's draft position, I would like to hear Brad's take on Charles Cross. 
Um, you know, I thought Charles Cross, pretty good athlete. Um, you know, looks good set wise. I don't, I don't think he's, I don't want to say he's overrated a little bit. I just think whenever facing a better rusher, he did. I mean, he did give up some stuff versus Sam Williams, um, you know, in that game. And that, that's, that's the, that's the game I watched him the most or watched him the closest, but, um, yeah, gonna, gonna be a solid player. Really good athlete. Um, looks like, looks like he's going to be a decent left tackle, but he reminds me a little bit of the Oregon guy looks good on film. Um, maybe I'm not say small, but like just just kind of needs a needs a good year in the NFL to to kind of get get it down and and beef it up. But yeah, I think he's I think he's gonna be a good um gonna be a solid tackle. But yeah, he did he did um, struggle a little bit with Sam Williams. So. Quail safe. Will Brad give his thoughts on the new strength and conditioning coach Nick Savage? His program compared to Coach Wilson Love now at Oregon. His program comparisons, personalities, results, etc. Yeah, I don't know either guy personally, but I, I do know some guys that that know Coach Savage, um, and they speak very highly of him. So, um, you know, obviously he was a coach at Florida and some other schools, but um, you know, in the coaching community, some guys that I do know him. I did I did ask about him, and they they say he's you know really good coach, and um, you know we 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 almost replaced a replaced a really good guy with another really good guy. So it was just kind of a kind of an even um, you know wash there. So to speak, I, I didn't know Coach Love at all. I knew as he, you know, talked, did the crazy talk like the Alabama guy or whatever. But I didn't know him personally at all or his style. But um, you know, I, I have heard good things about Coach Savage. Rebel two, could one of y'all concentrate on the quarterbacks and give a detailed outline as to each quarterback's strong points and each quarterback's weaknesses? Yeah, I'm going to get out there to a practice at some point, and um, I'll be able to. I, I actually can't wait to go out there and and look at, um, you know, look at both guys, you know, I think in seeing Altmaier in limited time, I just think he's, um, he's one of those guys who, who seems to spend a little time in the weight room, just kind of get a, get that it factor, but I'm get that it look to him. You know what I mean? Just that he still looks like a, like a kid that was in high school the year before. So, um, that's kind of his thing, but there is some talent there. Um, you saw it in the, in the sugar bowl where he got out and made some plays outside the pocket, was able to, to run around and, and do some stuff. So, I think we got two good options. I got to see Dart live to kind of see see what I'll compare him to, and and um, you know kind of what what he looks good doing. So I actually can't wait to go out there and do, and, and see him one day. I need to I need to make sure I get out there and give myself a full practice to kind of watch him watch him up close. Also from Rebel Two, talk about the strong points, Brad, of the running backs we have in camp. Okay, so I know one thing they're really excited about the SMU guy. His his name was mentioned in conversation. Ulysses Bentley. Yeah, they they're pretty excited about him, man. I think he's I think he's gonna be a be a, a better addition than people realize. And Zach Evans, man, I mean he um I, I was excited as soon as I saw him, just saw the way he ran that that inside zone at TCU, which I've, I've said a million times on here. He runs it like I like I've been saying that 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 needs that it needs to be ran for for you know the last couple of years. Whereas he almost looks like a mix of you know Ely's kind of quickness, but hits it like Snoop. So um, I th- man. Comment, comment I've heard is, hey, we we we're almost we'll probably be better at running back. So that's um, yeah, that's saying a lot, especially especially losing losing three guys who we were we were all you know kind of followed for the last couple of years. But you know, overall, we could end up being better at running back, and that that comes from from somebody you know that's that's very close. Swag Kelly, what are y'all's opinion on the transfer portal in baseball? It should be easier now than ever to go find kids who can pitch who are overlooked as recruits and go fill holes in the roster. Also, with NIL, scholarship limits should be a diminishing limitation. Does Ole Miss baseball have a transfer portal strategy? I think so, but here's the thing with transfer portal and NIL stuff. 
It's all about do you have a good base of people willing to give the money, and they can't do that in an official capacity um, as, a, as a program. Almost baseball can't create an NIL and say, hey, we're going to do this to pay players. So is there enough of a booster base? Would you swag Kelly? Would you Bradley Sal loving Ole Miss baseball like you do? Your heart torn out over the weekend. Would you be willing to give X amount of money to be able to secure that prospect, that prospect that you're talking about that might have been overlooked in recruiting to fill holes? How many people are, are how many people out there are there like Swag Kelly and Bradley Sal willing to do that? Because all these kids are going to cost not exorbitant amount of money. But they're going to cost enough to where it's it's no small thing either. So yes, Ole Miss can have a baseball portal strategy. Say we need to go do this and attack it this way. Uh, we need to allocate this for this. But you got to have the money allocated to begin with. And I don't think there's a big booster base like in football. You can get money for football at any point, at any on any day, any minute of any day, you can get money. Can't do that with other sports at Ole Miss. Not even baseball, which does have a very passionate following. But it's like what a fourth of the uh, a fourth of the following of football. At best, Bisk, what percent chance would you give each of Dart and Altmeyer to be the starter for the season as of today? Um, you know, I would say I would say likely. Here's the thing: if Dart doesn't start, which I mean, I think I think it's I think he's going to end up being the starter. If he doesn't start, then um, yeah, I don't know. It would make me question just a little bit um, how good he actually is. So. That's that's, a, that's a no, no knock on Altmaier. I just think that Dart has the prototypical size. He's kind of the, you know, was a high, very highly recruited guy, which Altmaier was too. But Dart was, you know, um, you know, kind of maybe a little bit bigger prospect. I don't know, or maybe Altmaier may have been a little bigger bigger prospect. But I mean, Dart was one of the top quarterbacks in the portal. Um, you know, just just had, had a lot of buzz about him. I would be a little shocked if he if he didn't start. CPC. Zero seven twenty a week into spring practices. Where do you see the Rebels going in the portal for help? Positions, players. I think for players, you need to wait a couple of weeks for things to kind of um, clear up a little bit. Because right now, you just don't know who's going to be getting in or out. Yes, there are certain options already there, but there are going to be many more options after springs are over. So I'm thinking like May. And May 1 might be the drop-dead deadline to get in. May 1. But just how many kids in May get in after spring football practices are over? Like Ole Miss is April 23rd. Some some kids from the current roster are going to get in the portal. So then after that, what all is available to you? So I think players is something that would be a little premature right now. In a couple of weeks, I think it'll become a lot clearer. But as far as like positions, definitely wide receiver, definitely cornerback, maybe linebacker, maybe edge, and I think best available. I think they have three or four spots left. Maybe I, I want to say three more than four. But I think that's kind of where they'd go after spring practice. Old Oxford, D.C. Rebel. Has there ever been a buyout in Kermit's contract? And how much will Ole Miss owe him after next season? I have Keith Carter coming on on Friday. I'm going to ask him point blank. Hey, Keith, what's Kermit's buyout? Because I don't know. It's been hidden in the Loyalty Foundation. Rebel 0504, Brad. Would there be any possibility that Sam Williams is a late first-round pick due to how well he did in the combine, and then they realized just how special Sam's season was based off of defensive scheme that Ole Miss was running last year. Um, you know, that'd be a little bit of a stretch, but, you know, the, all it takes is one team to love him. That really needs him. I, I think I would be more looking towards maybe the second-round shocker kind of deal, but I think he's second or third round um, just just based off of that. That position is really tough to – to get and you know some team could fall in love with him you know back in the day if um if the raiders 
we're still doing with they used to do. Yeah, it wouldn't shock me if he didn't. You know, just like we did the Colin Farrell guy or whatever. They, they they've always done some crazy first round picks that were you know guys running on the on the first round board. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it, it's hard to tell, man. I mean, all, I mean, you don't know what what teams have fell in love with them. You know, some teams may have them have them graded super high, some may not. So you just don't know. And then when that team goes to pick, you know, if he's there and he's graded up there, then you know it could happen. But I I I, I think. You know, late second, maybe um, you know somewhere in that third round is is pretty fair for him. Rebel zero five zero four. If y'all were Chris Rock, how would you have handled being slapped in front of the whole world? I think Chris handled it really well. To be honest with you, he's got a chin, man. He barely moved. Man, I would be honest with you, dude. I I don't know if that was staged or what. But it wasn't staged. I don't care, dude. If a man walks up on stage and slaps me or any guy, I just you're think going at him then. Dude, the Mississippi mindset—they're gonna have to—they're gonna have to cut commercials. I'm about to beat the shit out of Will Smith if he does that. Like, there's no way I'm gonna let this man slap me in front of millions of people. Here's the difference, okay? If Bradley Sal, you don't look like Chris Rock. You're not Chris Rock. If it was Bradley Sal getting hit by Will Smith, look at you, man. You're a lot bigger than most people. All right. I don't now, care. Will, if I, okay, if I got slapped in the face, if me, my size, if I had a size of Will Smith, what's worse, getting slapped once or getting my ass kicked? Because, yes, it sounds great and valiant to decide that I'm going to go kick his ass for doing what he did in front of God and everybody, right? But if I attack him, there's the likelihood is he's going to pummel me. So he handled it as well as he could. Okay, if you defend, but what if you defend yourself? And that's admirable, but you still get your ass kicked. Isn't that worse? Well, that, well you hope they cut the commercials. <laughs> That's not- <laughs> hey, and you hope that somebody ain't recording it in there on TikTok. But everybody's recorded. That's why Chris Rock handled it the best way he could. Because let's be yeah. honest, if I told you before you ever knew that this happened, if I made you guess or made you make a prediction, all right, you got Chris Rock and Will Smith. Hey, who would win in a fight? Everybody plays this game. You play it at school, at church. Hey, Brad, who would win in a fight? You know nothing about the slap. Chris Rock or Will Smith, you would say who? Will Smith. Will Smith, maybe. right, right, right. You would. Will Smith, the dude played Ali. He's built like a brick shit house. He's big, he's a big dude. Chris Rock is a normal looking guy. All right. Yeah, but but here's the thing though. Chris Rock ate that slap like a champion. Like, like a champ. That's Will what I'm Smith. saying. That's what I'm saying. So he Will asked Smith really didn't bring, I mean, like, dude. It, he didn't it bring like, it. Exactly. So what I'm saying is Rebel 0504 said, if y'all were Chris Rock, how would you have handled being slapped in front of the whole world? You said you would have attacked him. You'd have gone at him, right? I think yeah. Chris Rock played it perfectly because who would win in a fight, Chris Rock or Will Smith? Will Smith, right? So he took the – took the it's the best-case scenario for him. He took the slap, wore it like a champ. No one's talking about, oh, Chris tried to defend himself and got his ass whipped. They're saying, like, Chris, good. Will Smith, bad. So he handled it the perfect way. He didn't compromise what would have otherwise been – a bad choice because he'd have gotten his ass kicked if he tried to defend himself. So he handled it the exact way he should have. Man, just the man inside me already know. I, would have, I may have got beaten up, but I would have attacked. <laughs> yeah, but you would have been fine because you probably would have been able to hold your own. You got it's, it's like risk assessment, all right? If that dude slaps me, yes, that's humiliating. But I wore the slap like a champ. The only way I can make this situation, he's going to come out looking like the bad guy. The only way I could come out of this looking like an idiot or embarrassing myself or making myself into a fool is if I decided to defend my honor and go try to kick his ass. And yes, best case scenario, I do beat him up and defend myself. But the most likely scenario is he's going to be able to take me. So he did the best he could. Risk assessment. You love that stuff. Are you suing? See, that's 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 a better question. 
That's a better question. I'm grabbing some money out of that. Like, 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 um, but what's the honorable thing to do? Like, Chris Rock did not press charges. I want to press charges. Does that make me like a not a snitch, but does that make me a coward? No, dude. There's certain people they slap you, and you don't press charges. But a guy like that slaps you, yeah, that's a, that's a couple of free free vacations. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But Chris uh, yeah. Rock has endless <laughs> amounts of money. But Chris Rock has ridiculous amounts of money. So is it just a principal thing then? Yeah, so if you're rich and you ever slap me, I'm suing you. Like, you're going to pay up for it. If you ain't got nothing, I ain't going to waste my, my legal fees on it. We have wasted too much time on this. Lane saying <laughs> clown posse with duct tape prices rising in a bad NIL with Kool-Aid. It saddens me to announce that my Kool-Aid cup has entered the transfer portal. I still believe the Rebs <laughs> are a top 12 team that can still make it to Omaha flaws and all. I will be cheered unequivocally as before, but with only my sugared up Kool-Aid cup. With that being said, should Mike... Stop being stubborn and hire a real pitching coach. And should he have a shorter leash on pitchers knowing three innings is max efficiency for his pitching staff? Though against Tennessee, it wouldn't have mattered except for on Sunday. I think it would benefit him to hire a real pitching coach, but at this point he's gotten this far without doing that that I, I just don't think it would make much of a difference. It is what it is at this point. Should he have a shorter leash Shorter leash on pitchers knowing three in, innings is max efficiency? I, I do agree with that, but I'm one that's been a big proponent. Without having obvious starting, talented guys in the starting rotation, I would uh, go with an opener. HYDR2, I don't think I've said as – oh, I don't think I've seen as dominant pitching for all three weekend starters as Tennessee had last weekend. Plus, I think I heard that they had two more out with injury that might have started in front of them. What info do you know about these pitchers and their backgrounds? I, I don't. Just really looking for any info on how the heck Tennessee got so good. If any of you know, d- don't know, do you? No clue. No, I know. Oh, I know. I think two of them are freshmen. Um, the question is, how did that first guy even get to college? I mean, he saw a ninety-seven in the seventh inning. He had three pitches. I mean, these dudes. It was. It was a man. Wait, was he a freshman was or a is he an upperclassman? I don't know. I think he was a freshman. I'm pretty sure he was a freshman. If he's a freshman, that doesn't make a lot of sense because usually projectability guys with that kind of stuff they get drafted just on projectability alone. But he's never class, he maybe worked himself up to that. Starters out, if I'm not mistaken, the one of their main starters was out this weekend, and they got beat that bad. Yeah, I'm I didn't sure watch a pitch. Main. It was that yeah, lopsided. Man, their pitching was that. I mean, they were throwing. I mean, dude, they were humming gas. Every one of their starters threw 95 plus. Period. And I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't know. Maybe that's just the way he recruits. But, I mean, it, it, it looked – they look different, man. They look different than us, I can tell you that. Blake, wasn't even close. Blake 15, Mac. Ben, is it too late to start an NIL campaign for Jackson Job? Man, I don't know if you'd have enough people that could have given enough in small donations to come up with the same money, if not a little bit more, that Jackson Job got from the Tigers. There's just no way. That's why – yeah, I wish we could have. I wish y'all could have, not we. I wish y'all could have. I wish y'all could have figured out a way to get Jackson Joe. Like, rounded the posse up, right? I wish you could have gone around and just rallied the troops to collect the money to buy Jackson Joe and keep him in Ole Miss. But there's just not that enough pe- There's not enough people to match millions of dollars in signing bonus. Frida, girl, talk about the tight ends we will have for this year. And will Wolf be able to participate in spring ball or this fall? He should be back in the fall. I think spring, they're taking it easy with him. What do you think of the Ole Miss tight ends, Brad? Yeah, I think, you know, the, the, the room could be really special if Wolf's full speed and, you know, getting better. Then Trig, you also obviously heard some good reports on him already. Um, yeah, just you got to get those two guys healthy. And then you got Casey Kelly. You got some other serviceable guys behind them that 
um, you know, gonna gonna give us all the time as well. So you know, but but we need everybody healthy and it sounds like Wolf's gonna be more more fall till fall, you know, out to fall. But you know, he's gotta get he's gotta get going, man. He's gotta gotta get to where he can stay healthy. He's gotta get going and um, you know, develop because I mean he's been here the whole time and I feel like we've we've seen very little of him. This is Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit. Ben on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions on iTunes. And when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars. And I write for the Ole Miss Spirit, omspirit.com and affiliateofon3.com. Let's hear now from Cheney's Pharmacy and Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford, two proud sponsors of Talk of Champions. A new year is here. It's 2022, not to mention that spring is around the corner in Oxford, Mississippi. What comes with it? The return of Ole Miss football, Ole Miss baseball. It's a special time of year in Oxford. You want to be there, right? You want to be in Swayze Field. You want to be back in Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Well, the only way you can do that is if you're healthy, that you have a pharmacy you can trust. Well, there's only one pharmacy in Oxford, Mississippi that can do just that. Cheney's Pharmacy a locally owned pharmacy that's been in Oxford for over 40 years, as red and blue as the Rebels themselves. Cheney's Pharmacy offers prescription synchronization, immunizations, compounding, a two-lane drive-through and available hours that ensure your needs are met on your own time. Cheney's also accepts all third-party insurance. Cheney's Pharmacy provides the best customer service out there, hands down, it's not close. So give Cheney's a call, 662-234-7221 or go visit them at 501 Bramlett Boulevard. That's right off of University Avenue. They're open 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday, 1 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Sundays. You can visit them online at cheneyspharmacy.com. Make sure your pharmacy is one you can trust. Cheney's Pharmacy, much more than just a pharmacy. A new year brings new beginnings, a fresh start. The slate has been wiped clean. And what better way to celebrate that than with a new car? Well, if you're in the market, there's only one place you should go, and that's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. From new and used sales to parts and service, Alan Samuels of Oxford aims to provide a truly stellar automotive experience. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from every other dealership is Alan Samuels aims to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Most everyone who's listened to this podcast should know by now I only vouch for sponsors I truly believe in, and I cannot say enough good things about Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. When you go, ask for Brian or Mason. They'll make sure to get you in the car that you want at a price point you can afford. And make sure to tell them that Talk of Champions sent you to take advantage of any one or more of the services Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford provides. You can contact them today at 662-234-8000, East University Avenue, 662-234-8000. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford. Let's be friends. It's concert season, and concert season is all about the boots. Already, Oxford and Ole Miss have seen Morgan Wallen light it up at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium. Ole Miss football star and Talk of Champions podcaster Jared Ivey bemoaned how his boots were lacking. He should have gone with Tecovis, the only stop for the Ole Miss fan and the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings for the spring and summer, including timeless, always-on-trend styles in men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. Stop by your local Tacova store and have a complimentary drink or two on the house while you shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service, and many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. 
If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. The sun's a shining in Oxford, Mississippi. Cookouts in the Grove, beer showers. It's just the very best time for an old Miss Rebel to get out and get going. Carry front door peace of mind with you everywhere you go with Ufi Video Lock. Never has home security been so easy. Ufi Video Lock, an all-in-one security device for your front door, allows you to keep an eye on everything back home. And it's so easy. Installation requires only a screwdriver. So ditch those house keys forever and give Ufi Video Lock a try today. There's no monthly fee, and Ufi Video Lock has customer support on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. Go ahead, have your home as fun in the sun with the assurance your home is in good hands with Ufi Video Lock. Ufi Video Lock's built-in camera can tell you who's at your front door from the comfort of your poolside chair. So search Ufi Video Lock today. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Ufi Video Lock, a proud sponsor of this, the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Going back to the Ole Miss Spirit message board, Rebel Joe in this mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. Rebel Joe, if you were Coach Bianco, who would be your starting pitchers for next weekend? Uh, I don't even know. I mean, Here's I'm a question for you for somebody that hadn't watched it like you, and I'm going to put it to you. Who, in your opinion, of those pitchers, freshmen, everybody, has the best pure stuff? Like their stuff, when it's at its best, is filthy. I think I think Elliott should be one of the starters. Then he should be um, one. Whoever yeah, meets, whoever matches that criteria, whoever has the best projectability, it's going to be some rough moments. You're going to get them. I mean, they're going to get hit a couple of games, right? They're going to have some really ugly games. But when they're at their best, they can give you a dominant outing. Who has that kind of upside? That's who needs to start. And if Hunter yeah. Hunter Elliott's one, uh, who's the other freshman? Riley Maddox. 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 Yeah, Riley Maddox. Those two. I mean, you're at the point now to where you. I mean, they're just as good as our other starters. You might as well put them in there, let them get all the experience. Mm-hmm. They got good. They got just as good a chance as getting out as as our older guys. And then after that, man, we just need guys with the with the uh, the gritty mindset. I just thought looking at this weekend, Tennessee showed up, man. They were cocky, and I hate it. You know, you hate watching them. You know, but at the same time, you respect it because you're like, man. These guys came here, what playing around? They came here that they saw Ole Miss was ranked number one. They felt like they were number one, and they just straight up kicked our ass. And there's another way to put it, and that they they did it with an attitude and a, and it, like a different kind of swagger about them that that almost had us looking like like a deer in the headlights, you know. And and I I'm not the only one that saw that. I think I think fourteen thousand people or whatever twelve thousand people at that game saw that, you know. At some point, you know, the mindset of the team has to be gritty. And, you know, people are going to hate that I say this, but, you know, that's always how Mississippi State is in baseball. And, um, you know, they they just – they always play with a certain swagger. And a lot of times they haven't been as talented as Ole Miss. But, you know, when it comes down to the the, the competitiveness and the and the grit and the attitude, man, I just didn't feel like it was there in a series that was this big this weekend. Um, it looks like we got hit in the mouth and didn't know how to respond, and that to me is telling. Here's my only problem with grittiness. Jack Doherty – his best asset, I think, because he has pretty average stuff. His pitching arsenal is pretty average. That's not a bad thing. There's a lot of value in that. But he doesn't have anything really plus-plus as far as his fastball, changeup, off-speed stuff. None of that stuff is plus-plus. What made him such an intriguing weekend candidate is his bulldog, gritty mentality. But that can only take you so far. So who do you want to start? In my opinion, with the way things have gone, 
all those guys, you can kind of throw them in a hat and they're all about the same thing. I want to try Jack Doherty because I love the bulldog mentality, but you know, the stuff isn't plus. So who are those guys out there that are plus? If Hunter Elliott fits that description, if Riley Maddox, whoever they are, I don't care if they're freshmen or not. That's where I agree with you. Let them throw the freshmen in there. If those are what they, if those are the guys that met, that uh, match your criteria of having the most upside, does that make sense? Like, give me those guys. Yeah, absolutely. And, so then, and I yeah. would still keep Forty in there, man. I, I I like the way he competes. Also, like the I think it's Delucia or something like that. Or Delucia. Yeah, Dylan Delucia. Yeah, Delucia. Yeah. I mean, dude, just put the. I mean, maybe they get hit up a little bit, but um, you know that they'll at least go in there and compete, and that's a, that, that that's a, that's what we need, man. I mean, I just feel like um, you know overall the you know, hopefully you know hopefully this was this was a, a a point in the season where we got humbled a little bit and and we kind of get to that. Um, get back to that, um, you know, grinded mindset and, and we come out and it's, it, it's a positive for us and we don't let it, let it beat us in multiple series going forward. But, um, you know, th- th- that's still to be determined, you know, we'll see how we respond to these next couple of series, SEC series. But, um, yeah, I mean, this just judging off this weekend, man, it was just disappointing all around. This mailbag edition of Talk of Champions is brought to you by Thomas Chandler. If you're looking for somebody that can help you out with your financial portfolio, just any numbers you're really looking to balance out, call Thomas at 662-296-0186. That's 662-296-0186. If you're planning for retirement, whatever it is, call Thomas. He'll take care of you. Going back to the Old Miss Spirit message board, BBB40, Brad, give us your wildest Coach O story if you haven't told it yet, or maybe tell one you haven't told. Uh, I think my, I wouldn't say wildest coach story, which I mean, there was, I was only with them one season, but, um, you know, you got a couple, you know, one, whenever, you know, we, we would go inside, you know, during a rain delay, whatever, and practice in the indoor and do like seven on seven or, um, nine on seven, like inside drill, like a full on practice before a football hold, game. Hold, hold on. That happened in Wake Forest. Did that ever happened at another time too. We only know about Wake Forest. Um, yeah, I mean, there's times where, where we'd get after it pretty good before a game, um, you know, and, and, and the day before the game too, like, it was like, holy crap, you know, how, how much this can you take before you're just exhausted? That's um, not second, normal practicing hard on Friday before Saturday game. Well, just practice do, doing crazy, crazy contact, you know, all the time, the way we did with him was not normal at all. But, um, there was also a time where he made, he screamed at Art Keogh, it made him put his whistle in his pocket, which I thought was was the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. He made a coach's bed, that O-line coach, for years uh, take his whistle and put it in his pocket because he blew it too early on a play. That is um, so demasculate, demasculating. Oh, my God, Is that what it is? Dude. That's yeah, terrible. Art, Art was hilarious, man. He's, he had some funny quotes, man, about <laughs> But he said he used to have watermelons before he got to Ole Miss, but but oh, oh, chewed them all the way down to marbles. <laughs> it's emasculating. It was, I was saying demas. It's emasculating. That's what I meant. Emasculating. I can't speak tonight. He made him put his whistle in his in pocket. pocket man. Bro, man, hey, get, take your whistle, put it in your pocket, man. Just stuff like that. That's I mean, so you know what? Yeah, but but see, I think though the version we got of O was the craziest version he he ever was. Everybody else that played for him after when I mean they were nothing, nothing like that, dude. Like he just we got him when he was like in his. Where do coaches get their authority from their whistle? That's how they have dominion over their players. You know when that whistle sounds, you're supposed to do something. It's like Pavlov's dog and the bell, right? So to take that away from him is the most disrespectful thing you can do to a coach because that's their instrument for control. That's hilarious. Dude, <laughs> so so as a freshman, check this out. 
we would do a whole practice. You know, we would service <laughs> the um, we would service the starters, and then at the end of practice, we would do something called a. He put all the freshmen in black shirts. We would do a black shirt scrimmage where we only had like five or six old linemen. We did. We would go. We would do a drive up the field, turn around, do a drive, and come all the way back. Turn around, do a drive. It was like a fifty to sixty play straight drive of just running plays and like. I mean, it was so mentally drained. Like, it was the hardest thing you've ever been through in your life. I mean, if you played, you know, just like 50 straight football plays full speed is brutal. I mean, it's a brutal series. But we would do that after, after I was like on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, we'd do the black shirt scrimmage and it would only be the freshman on the field. Everybody else would be gone. And we would do up and down the field, 11 on. I mean, literally, all you, there's no substitutions. Like, you just, you're just banging each other. I mean, it was, it was the craziest thing ever, man. Just hard, very hard. All right, here's one for you. Mr. Opponent of the NCAA transfer portal. Not opponent, but you don't really agree with kids deciding I don't want to be here anymore and, and not sticking out, not toughing it out. You like it when kids toughen it out, tough it out at their uh, current spot. With how terrible that was under O, and just saying how mentally draining it was, you said that. You wouldn't have considered pulling the ripcord and transferring if you had that option? Zero chance. I would have stayed all the way through. If, if he was here four years, I would have stayed here four years. Wow. How many kids do you think would yeah. transfer? Probably a lot. Yeah, Not probably like a lot. But, yeah. but we were, you know, my class was kind of that last. And I would not say last, but we we still weren't we weren't in that kind of mindset. I mean, nobody thought they don't about grow them like my class used to be. They don't grow them like that anymore. No, they're all soft now. Participation trophies. We we weren't the social media era, man. We were. I mean, like Facebook when when I was leaving. When we were in college, like we maybe had Facebook. We had Facebook. No, no, no. You're right because you and I are the same age, and Facebook became a thing while I was in college. Yeah, like we weren't we weren't sitting around, you know, TikTok and all. So I mean, dude, we uh-huh. just it wasn't like it is now. It just that's not. true. That's true. My 2008 sedan, the year I graduated from college, is 2008 Lexus sedan. I bought this thing, and um, because I just didn't want to have car payment anymore because it just sits here after all the change in October. And man, in this car, it's 2008. There's a tape player. There's a cigarette lighter. It was a different time back then is what I'm saying. So I get it. Now, like, everything is, is TikTok. It's all different. Like, when you look at what it used to be, it was a very different world back in 2008. College football back then to now is completely different. And, like, I look at – Yeah. Yeah, I love, you look around, and, and it's fair because, like, someone like you, you grew up only wanting to be an Ole Miss Rebel. So even if you'd have been given that opportunity, you probably would have still stuck around. Others might have transferred, but even those guys would have probably stuck around because that was a brand – that was a totally different world, and this all is kind of brand new to it. If that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'd never, and that never even crossed my mind yeah, as hard as it was. That's what's crazy. Good for you, man. You pulled yourself up by your bootstraps. You know, you did that. Good for you, man. Coffee <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> what books are y'all reading? Are you reading anything? I don't want to say what I'm reading right now. You're just going to make fun of me. Uh, no, I don't, I don't really read a lot of books, man. I, I, I read more like you don't like, watch don't movies, know. you don't watch shows, you don't enjoy fiction. And that, what do you do? What do you do for fun? I do research. Oh my god, that's not fun, just fun. Okay, somebody says, Hey, you got a, a, a night off, Brad, you can do whatever you want. You're gonna say, I want to do research. No, like a night off, like, do you mean like a night you off? Can do you, whatever do you, you, you can do whatever you want for fun. You're going to an uh, old Miss baseball game to be tortured. You're a masochist. Well, that, that's like my one sport where I feel like we're consistently very good and I could go have fun. But but they rip your heart out over and over again. 
You have an yeah, abusive relationship. Like this weekend, this weekend was a different feeling. We've never been beaten like this in my whole life. Like that, that kind of that kind of beating in a weekend. I have that has not happened since I've been following Ole Miss baseball. Ever, ever have we been beaten like that? Like two nights in a row, with that, with this kind of anticipation for a game, never. You have a night off. You can do whatever you want. You're not going to say, "I'm going to go do research." What would you do? Just for fun. I rather say, "I want to have fun." This is what I'm going to do. Uh, it depends on where we're at. Depends on what city we're at. Why do you complicate this? You're at home. You and your wife. Your wife looks at you. Say, "We have nothing to do tonight. We can do whatever we want." What do you want to do most of anything in the world, Brad? To have fun. What would bring you joy? We're going to go eat. We're going to go eat for sure. Okay, so food. You enjoy food. I'm just trying to figure out what you like. You seem yet you're so happy. You're such a nice guy, and yet you seem like you have no joy. I'm in my third <laughs> read through of Prisoner of Azkaban. I'm almost wrapping that up. Then I will move on to the Goblet of Fire. That is Harry Potter. Cobb Newton is Austin Keys expected to be 100% by fall practice. That's my understanding. DM Harris 7. Why do players wear eye black in some stadiums at night? I thought it was just to keep the sun out of your eyes. That's for really bright lights, too. It can kind of have an effect at nighttime, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know why they wear it at night. Yeah, I, at night, I almost feel like it'd be annoying. I don't know. I, I, it's usually for the sun. I wouldn't say it at night it'd be for bright lights. Recon Reb, how does Brad evaluate our offensive line from a talent aspect? It should be standpoint. I won't hold it against you, Recon Reb. What do you think about the Ole Miss offensive line? Um, they got some talent. I mean, they got they got a I mean, if you look at their left guard, I mean, you know, he's played a lot of left tackle, so you got Versilli there. Jeremy James is going into his second or third year starting. Um, you know, Mason Brooks was a highly recruited you know, So there's some talent there, man. You got you got a lot of starts. Usually how you judge a good O-line, which is crazy, and it always usually added up. You you do the number of starts on the O-line. There's some number out there where if, if it's this number, you're usually, you know, it equals this amount of wins. So, um, you know, I have to do some research on it. But it's, there, that's always like the rule of thumb. It's the number of starts by the O-line can kind of tell what kind of what kind of team you're going to have. So, um, you know, I feel like we got some guys that got a decent amount of starts on their belt, career starts. AGR Reb, Ben, your opinion, what is the biggest contributing factor to the lack of elite pitching talent on our baseball roster? That's a pretty complicated question, only because uh, it's not going to take any short amount of time to answer it. Uh, it's kind of a loaded question. Here we go. So you had two generational pitchers in Gunnar Hoagland and Doug Nikhazy. So while you're trying to sign their replacements, the timing of it lines up to where this was an in-between year as far as replacing those guys. The, the high-end upside guys like Doug and Gunner are Riley Maddox and Hunter Elliott. They're going to be elite pitchers before they leave, but they're not that right now. You did sign one elite guy that would have helped you in that way in Jackson Joe, but you lost him to the draft. So it's not because they haven't recruited well. They have recruited well. They just had some unfortunate luck with MLB draft positioning. And Joe, the thing was, he blew up his senior year. He wasn't that MLB prospect as a junior and sophomore when almost committed him. He blows up as a senior and then becomes the number three overall pick to the Tigers. But because you had two generational guys and you did try to recruit to replace him, the timing didn't line up perfectly to where you could just sub in so-and-so and so-and-so for Doug and Gunner when they left. It's harder that way in baseball. So the guys that will be like that, Riley Maddox, Hunter Elliott, one or both or more, they're not that now. Jackson Job could have been that, but he's not here. So that's why there isn't elite pitching. Even though they do have some guys that can be capable, like a Jack Doherty, Brandon Johnson, um, who am I missing? Like, there's a bunch of guys out there, Derek Diamond even, if he could just figure out, because he has that stuff. I think he's just dealt with some injuries and 
maybe a little shoulder fatigue, just a bunch of stuff with Derek. He's kind of piled up on him. Derek was supposed to be that guy, and he's just been dealing with a lot of stuff. JHL Co., do you think Bianco has any goodwill left with the fan base after interviewing with LSU last year? I'm going to say no. But here's, here's my question. You still packed out every single game for Tennessee, Brad. Every single game. They still continue to show up. So online, the online message board community, Twitter, all that kind of stuff, where the vast majority, if you polled it and looked at it, it would say that Mike Bianco is not a fan favorite right now. But from a greater long-term point of view, the numbers say that there's been no fall-off, even with him flirting with LSU last year. So I think with the fan base that is very online, there there is no goodwill left. But fans are still showing up, meaning that, yeah, Twitter and uh, the social media stuff and the message boards, that's not real life. So that's a hard that's hard for me to kind of determine, I guess. Because I do think because I'm very online, so all I see is it's time to, you know, to make a change, it's time to move on. But when you kind of check around with Ole Miss fans or or just go out there to sway as you feel it, it doesn't seem that way. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I think people just have grown to love Ole Miss baseball in general, you know, the brand that's on the field. So they're gonna um, show up no matter what. Yeah, they're going to show up no matter what, in my opinion. I mean, it's just it's just gotten. I mean, it's just one of our. I mean, it's just one of our sports, man. I mean, Ole Miss baseball is a thing. Like it is a, you know, Mississippi baseball in general is a is a very talented thing, um, and and that the, the sports loved here. I mean, you got tons of travel ball teams. You got. I mean, it's just it, Mississippi is a great baseball state, you know, and um, people follow their teams. You know, for Mississippi State and Ole Miss, it's always going to be a thing, no matter who's catching them. Jay Lamar, best real estate investment in Oxford right now. My daughter's attending in the fall and considering buying a place. Um, you know, good luck with that, man. The inventory is crazy here. You're going to overpay by by miles. Um, you know, it's a total total seller's market. So, um, yeah, it's, that's tough tough position to be in. Um, you know, buying a home in Oxford, Mississippi, right now. So. Uh, or buying any kind of any kind, but I will say this: it's it's you know it usually always holds its value and is a good investment, um, you know, in this area. You know, I don't I don't feel like it's it really ever goes down here. Heck, it's a seller's market in New Albany, Mississippi, right now because my appraisal came back, and I was shocked by how much uh, I could get I could get for my house. But here's my question: because I don't really know this stuff, so right now it's a seller's market. You can get, I mean, it, it, the the prices are astronomical right now, everywhere, even in New Albany, Oxford, doesn't matter. So I've been reading, or I read this somewhere recently, that that's going to turn. W- when do you think that would turn, and what would lead to that turning? Like the housing market, you know, suddenly not being so uh, hot like it is. I don't think it turns. I don't think that So this it, is the uh, way it's going to be? I think so. Well, you got interest rates rising up, which that should slow it down a bit, and then you know, I'm, I'm hoping you know you got materials and and you know uh, a lot of different. Ho- hopefully that all catches up. The pandemic kind of set everything back, but I don't. You know, I just don't think it turns for a while, man. I think that um, you know I think it's going to run hot here for 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 a little while. You know, just talking to some people that do mortgages and all that stuff. I mean, it sounds like they are still you know loaded to the gills, and um, you know they just can't get enough inventory built, and then demand's going to be there for for quite some time. Reb fan. Zero one. We should do a podcast where you just explain real world stuff to me, because I'm so trapped in my own fantasy worlds like Harry Potter. And for the real stuff, <laughs> I have to ask you in front of everyone on a podcast. Hey, how does the real estate market work? Reb fan 
0-1. Are we out of it with Bro McCoy? I see where Tennessee is confident. I haven't heard much of anything about Bro lately, so I would say that with the way the visits are going, follow the visits, and the lack of momentum publicly and privately, I guess, with Ole Miss just not hearing many rumblings, I think it's safe to say that Ole Miss is not necessarily out of it, but um, certainly has fallen back. Ben, will you ask Clem to please not teach Harris how to hit? Uh, sure. Do you believe one word of Kerm's answer to, answers to your questions? The man is a slick one, isn't he? I like Kerm. Maybe someone can run back all of his interviews and we can hear what he said about Crowley, Joyner, Lou Rod, Sammy, etc. They were the second coming of the Lakers, were they? Not the Lakers, but definitely high on those guys. He th- said Sammy Hunter was like a top 100 player. Crowley, they absolutely loved coming in. Um, Luis Rodriguez, his projectability. So I think it, it speaks to a bigger point. It, it's a, some sarcasm there from show up, show out. But um, I, I do agree with the general point that there has been, like I think the biggest problem with this program, basketball, has been misevaluations. And uh, it goes to all the things he used to say about these guys, and now he's talking about in a year's time trying to turn it around with um, a number of different portal entries, and that's going to be hard to do in a year. Old Joe, is Brandon Johnson too important unique in his long relief closer role that he may have to stay there? Does he get a weekend start if we continue to struggle getting through most batting lineups a second time? I think you see him as a starter pretty soon, to be honest. You think you think he can he can last long enough? To as start? an opener, it'd be three innings. Would you rather have Brandon Johnson for the first three innings not giving up anything and jump ahead like four nothing on Tennessee, or have Brandon Johnson when you're down four nothing trying to keep the score where it is? Well, I mean, yeah, yeah that makes sense. But they then they're just going to score him in the next four. I mean, the last four innings. So yeah, that's right. Because you're just you're just basically arrange, rearranging. The deck chairs on the Titanic, is that what you're saying? You've gone from Kool-Aid drinking, believing everything was great. <laughs> you won't even go down with the ship anymore. You know, the band continued to play on the Titanic. You won't even go down with the band and the ship. You're getting Man. a lifeboat. Sometimes in life you get reality checks, you know, and this was a reality check. I feel so bad for you. You're so optimistic. I'm pour a little sip of that Kool-Aid again. You were so optimistic, man. I feel so bad for you. Let's go to Twitter. We we can't answer all of them. We got about what? We try to stick to an hour. We got about 10 minutes. Here we go. Bubba Arell at Hammond underscore six. What's wrong with five? Talking about Mike Bianco. He's five. He's the same as he's always been. It's not good, not bad. Not it just kind of is what it is. Just what he's always been. OM Hoops HQ at OM Hoops HQ. Could you and Brad watch this clip and tell me if the home run looks odd? He's talking about juiced bats with Tennessee. I can't see this clip on my phone for some reason or on my uh, desktop computer. So uh, did you think that the bats were juiced? Was Tennessee having a little nefarious something or other going on with their bats? Dude, it was that, it was that Tennessee Tech feel where, I mean, dude. They just grow them different in that state. No, man. Everything, I mean, like, it wasn't even a hard hit. It was flying out of the park. So uh, <laughs> I can see where people are, 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 um, are, are discussing it, though, because, man, they were – they, that ball couldn't stay anywhere near the far, anywhere near the park half the time. I mean, it was they were ridiculous. Are you making an accusation, Bradley Sal? No, no accusation. I'm just saying, man. What can we can we have those? Can we borrow those bats? You're can doing we, the politician <laughs> thing. You're, you're like what all politicians do these days. I'm not saying he's a pedophile. I'm just saying that that's what you're doing. You're not saying they got cork bats. You're just saying that the ball was flying out a little. You know, mysteriously on what would typically be, in your opinion, routine fly balls. Yeah, they were hitting home runs that were um, 
you know, barely even, barely even off the ground. And, you so know, are you making an accusation, Bradley Sal? No accusation, accusation, man. <sighs> Either they got a great strength coach or then bats is used. <laughs> Cole Varell. My buddy Cole, pitching isn't good for Ole Miss, but we went to the Friday game and Tennessee had a couple of oppo home runs that shouldn't have gone. Their bats were hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Andy uh, McNulty. At, at, what? At this point, I'm just praying that that, that was the case and that we're actually – Y'all better hope that the bats this were was, you know what, This was the same thing. This was the same thing that I blamed our softball team this year on, the, our men's softball team. I came to the conclusion that their bats were juiced, and that's why we lost every game to the power company and all these other old, you know, overweight guys. Andy McNulty at Andy McNulty 90. For Brad, I'm visiting Chicago in a month or two. You haven't scheduled it, like, formally? You haven't finalized it? Why in a month or two? Is it like a business trip? Where should I eat? Any style, any attire, etc. Uh, just depends on what area you're going to be in, but you got to try Pequod's Pizza. Um, there's some great places. Uh, RPM Italian is one of my favorite places downtown. I, I put a list on the um, on the board. Somebody else asked the same question. Um, yeah, go look at that list on there. I think it was under the Chicago Rex or something like that. So, yeah, there's some there's some really good places there, man. Your favorite restaurant in Chicago is what? You have to eat there every time you go. Um, RPM Italian. Robert Gary, no, he's uh, he's offering up Giordano's and Portillo's. I've had Giordano's, which is just pizza cake. What's Portillo's? Do you know that? Uh, Portillo's and Giordano's is like, I mean, they're like the Chinese. They're like the Chicago chain. It's like when you go to Philly and you get like the Geno's and the other whatever Philly steak, but there's actually like better places there because it's, you know, like the hole-in-the-wall type stuff that's like real Chicago. But, yeah, um, those those places are, you know, they're they're good, but they're – um, you know, there's, there's better Gina Wallace at Jay Wallace, 2001. Why did Ole Miss think they would roll over this Tennessee team, a team that went to Omaha last year? I just think, um, th- they were, it was after the game, they're in the moment. They don't really know. They just got their ass kicked, but you can't just come out and say that. I, I don't think they really overlooked that team. I just think they misspoke to be honest with you. They just got beat D Russell, 1980. We can't hold people to everything they say in the heat of the moment. Brad knows really this better did. than anybody. Did you, did, you, did you defend me back in the day when I was 19? I hope you said the same thing on the podcast back in the day. You I didn't have a podcast a back then. You go stick a mic in a, in a pissed off college kid's face. You don't know what's coming out of there. I mean, there's uh, I, I watch stupid shit all the time. I swear to you. I swear to you as your friend, I did not set that up to have a discussion about this. I promise I didn't. It just kind of happened organically. I'm Dude, sorry. I didn't I didn't have I a podcast back then. I would have defended you back then. Why do people think that I care? I'm 33 years old. That happened when I was 19. I, I don't even remember. I can't even remember a play from, from that But immediately, season. what did you go to when I brought it up? I wasn't even trying to bring it up, bring that whole uh, – that was, that was 150 <sighs> NFL games ago. I don't even remember what all that was. Oh, sweet flex, bro. Hey Russell, 1980. It's time to get drastic with this Friday starter problem. Tell me why Brandon Johnson shouldn't be handed the ball on Friday night in Kentucky. I agree with you. I think he should be given an opportunity. Whoever's been the best. I think it's the high upside guy, but if you think Brandon Johnson is that guy, whoever can get you off to the best start with the most upside and can actually handle that role, if Brandon Johnson, give it to him. You've got to try anything at this point. Bubba Orell at Hammond underscore six. What's wrong with our freshman pitchers compared to Tennessee freshman? Opportunity. Rusty at Rusty Barnett 7. Is Trigg going to start at tight end? Oh, yeah. Clay Bermuda at Clay Bermuda. Where does Mike Krzyzewski rank on your all-time list? 
fourth. Fourth? Yeah, I go fourth. Don't make me list out who. I mean, John Wooden's first. The varsity at Ole Miss graduate who was on your short list for baseball coaches. The list would start at Dan McDonald and Cliff Godwin, and that's not Ben's list. Peyton Brown at Peyton underscore Brown. Any word on which quarterback is looking the best so far through spring practices? Got anything? Um, no, I think I think both guys have looked pretty even so far. Um, I think they're going to do it. Try to keep both of them happy to make sure there's not any you know, transfer situation with with Luke or anything like that. But um, yeah, I mean, I think it's I think they both got a lot of reps. I think they both they both had their moments. Brody Clayton at Brody Allen. At what point does Mike move TJ McCants to second base and take Chatney out of the lineup? That won't ever happen. Chat's one of his guys. It's, whether you agree or not, it's just. That's one of his guys. Houston Nutt, the fourth, at fourth and Kiffin. Who wins an SEC football title first? Ole Miss, A&M, Texas, or Oklahoma? Um, I, I, think like A&M, I think A&M is going to win one um, fairly soon. So it would have to be this year because you said Ole Miss is winning next year. 2023? Yeah. Yeah, we'll have a shot. But A&M's recruiting class is the greatest of all time. And they've already got some guys. They're gonna, they're gonna be good, man. Yeah, but they're they have gonna, Jackson Dart. They have Michael Trigg. They have Zach. They got, they got twenty-five guys ranked higher than both of those guys. Probably. Yeah, but they're freshmen. Play. They're freshmen. Doe at OLMstead Inc. Brad, what is your dream coaching job? Um, I, I'm in my dream coaching job right now. I am the head coach of my daughter's softball team. So, oh, that's a sweet answer, man. That's um, wholesome as shit. Good for you, man. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you, dude. I'm pretty pumped. We got our first little game this weekend, and dude, I, I'm one of those coaches who's like all in too. Like, there's now. I'm, I'm I'm trying to find yeah. videos of the team. I'm I'm scouting the other roster. I'm like, this is ten you. Like, what what are you doing? But like, I know already know who all they got. I know who the coaches are. Um, like, I'm ready to roll, man. We're gonna be. Um, you know, or, or sorry, we got a lot of young girls, so it's um, it's a good challenge to 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 make them competitive and and you know come in, come on the scene, so to speak. Seth at esh four zero zero six. How's Kevin Graham progressing? Should be back in a week or two, I'd say two. Michael Luker at Luker Michael zero two. Are the bats not as good as we thought? Kind of concerning. We can we can't hit ninety five to ninety seven. That's a good question. I think it uh, probably has to do some regression, natural regression as far as average with like a Tim Elko, but his power is still there. Kevin Graham not being in the lineup, he's one of the best hitters in the SEC, so that that's that matters. But I, I just think it's a little bit of a question. Yeah. Ben, so we know, obviously, you know you, you know what team's coming in. You do a scouting report, hey, these guys are throwing upper 90s, whatever. I mean, do we not go crank up a pitching machine or something? Or like, how are we? I mean, dude, they were blowing it by us. Like, I mean, it wasn't even – I mean, it was crazy. The, the, I mean, it was it was almost comical. So, I mean, did, did we not prepare for that? Like, I, that's what I don't understand. Like, you know, how are how are we not? You know, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. Choke up? What? I don't know. But they they just feels like it's like we were almost caught off guard by how fast they were throwing. I'm like, what the? I mean, it was it was odd, man. It was an odd look to it. We actually got through every one of these Twitter questions. Last one: transfer you at transfer to the sip. Who did Ishim Young fight? I don't know. I've been trying to find out. He's an exclusive NIL partner of the Ole Miss Spirit, and I've contacted him. We talked about it. Haven't been able to figure that out. I'll keep working on it, and maybe one day we'll find out. This has been Talk of Champions, a mailbag edition of Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Bit on Twitter. He's Bradley South, former Ole Miss offensive lineman, eight-year NFL vet. If you haven't already subscribed, rate, review Talk of Champions in iTunes, and when you do, leave a five-star review. It doesn't matter what you say, as long as it's five stars and right for the Ole Miss Spirit. OMSpirit.com. 
and at foodofon3.com. Thank you, buddy. See you next week. See you, Ben. Howdy, Tuddy. <laughs>